yeah, I'm looking forward to like going back to this and going through all the sort of like structural details, but also just more of the insane things of which there are quite a lot. But um, on, in that vein of, uh, hey, insane things that uh, were a thing not that long ago and now no one's really talking about them. Uh, Jacob, we have brought you here to explain to us what happened with NFTs. Uh, I can't remember whether on this show we have ever done, I don't think we've ever really done an episode on NFTs. We've kind of mentioned them in passing. Um, but there was like a news article, there was a, there was a piece that came out a few weeks ago, which basically said that NFTs, but the instruments that were supposed to save the art world, but also were supposed to be a building block of this like wider blockchain empowered crypto economy are now worth less than the JPEGs that you copy the NFTs from. Um, and as people who did not really get involved in the NFT situation, um, I wanted to ask, like, well, basically, what happened? So, like, as a bit of uh, as a, as a bit of context for our listeners, um, remember remember when the NFTs were going to save art? The NFT being the non fungible token, they were blockchain based means of claiming unique ownership of digital assets. Non fungible means unique as opposed to a fungible item such as a uh, you know a dollar bill uh, or a coin or something that has a sort of denoted set of values. Um, and at the height of the NFT boom, you had artists like uh, Beeple who were selling NFTs for 69 million, like who sold it for $69 million in 2021. You had like galleries, Sotheby's and so on, who were doing NFT collections, uh, artists doing NFT collections, um, people who were basically desperately trying to make this a thing. But within that also having lots of crypto companies who were going from uh, you know, doing exchange or like being part of doing exchanges to pivoting to doing their own NFT type of stuff. Uh, you had Board Ape Yacht Club. Uh, you had lots of this weird stuff that happened, I think, over 2021, which now seems to have just broadly been forgotten about. Um, and I know that's not the whole story, and we'll get to the legal stuff in a second. But Jacob, as the person who's sort of been keeping tabs on all this, could you explain to us uh, where NFTs kind of fit in in the broader sort of crypto? Like the sport is like crypto economy space as it was as it existed back in 2021. There was a lot of talk around like web free and like web free being the future. So I guess how did this dream die? Well, I think it died in short uh, because they c came up with the technology first and then tried to graft all these ideas onto it or find it and really find a use case for it. And it 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 doesn't always work out that way. I mean. Um, I would say that NFTs in general were, were an effort to try to recreate meat space property rights, you know, physical world property mm -hmm. rights in the digital world. Uh, and you, one might understand why, but, you know, one of the, the clear innovations of computers and digital life is that you can reproduce files over and over again. And most attempts at anything um, like DRM or, or preventing piracy, they, they tend to be pretty flawed, you know. Uh, um, the trend is for things to be able to be copied with perfect fidelity and spread all around uh, around the internet. We see that with, with every type of file. Um, but really, with NFTs, there was this belief that, well, you can use some of actually the, the characteristics or even limitations of blockchain technology to create unique digital objects. So unique in the sense that only one exists. That's the non-fungible part. Mm. And um, that resembles like owning something in the physical world. And we can kind of replicate that dynamic, perhaps with a few of the bonuses that that digital life offers like ease of transport you know you could send an nft to someone around the world um, mm. but this sense that you could you could have that mirroring of of physical property rights uh in the digital world i think was always flawed um and like i just said it was not only going against one of the basic sort of foundations or conceptions of digital life but 
you know, it, it's hard to kind of enforce those limitations, um, first of all, technologically, but also even socially or economically, I think. And, mm. you know, people had to be convinced. They had to be sold on it. And a lot of people were rightly suspicious. And I think there wasn't necessarily the kind of mass audience laying in wait saying, hey, we want to own or trade things digitally. That's, that, that's simply not really been high on most people's priority mm. lists, um, even just in the realm of collectibles. So there, there was it was treated like it was the next big thing, like, you know, the scaling of NFTs or crypto or Web3 in general to a billion users was was inevitable because the people on the inside had seen that happen with past technical innovations like, you know, um, the, the, the trend or the, the sort of standard even in, in big tech for the last decade plus has been we need a billion users, whether you're Gmail or Facebook or mm. or whatever else. I mean, Twitter hasn't gotten there, but a lot of uh, the big social networks and other big products have. And so I think there was this assumption, hey, the audience and the market is just laying in wait and we have to show people how cool this stuff is. But that sales pitch just didn't appeal to people. And and I think that's also one of the things that we ran into over the last couple of years is that the, the people on the inside of the industry, whether they're artists or certainly people working in crypto and making money off the speculation and the rational exuberance of, of this brief era, um, they sort of took it for granted that this stuff was good and important and potentially mm. profitable and and a way forward, whether it was for to make profit or to um, or to you know buy and sell art. And mm. on the outside, that just wasn't obvious to other people. And if you have to, and also they didn't seem to to understand that that gap in perception that a lot of people uh, are not going to be sold on this or perhaps just need to be sold. And instead, I think there was a lot of there was some arrogance or even contempt at times. Certainly as a crypto skeptic journalist, I encountered this where, you know, that people who aren't who haven't bought in are treated like they just don't get it yet. And mm -hmm. even as as Web3, crypto and NFTs have all crashed, uh, I still experience this mostly with Bitcoin, um, because a lot of the Bitcoin true believers have kind of hardened their position. So um, I, I think that that's sort of the sum of it. But really just this this fundamental gap between what people want and, you know, what people can kind of create on the computer. Mm. Why do you why do you think that the uh, particularly the art world was so uh, uh, was so kind of taken in by it? Because I have some theories about this, but I'm just interested in what you think. Sure, I, I think a few reasons. One, I mean, the sort of darker reason probably has to do with money laundering. I mean, uh, or other financial crimes. I mean, though the physical, the real art world is is certainly very wrapped up in high level financial crime uh, and art can be a, a good way to launder money. Um, you know, criminals, um, uh, serious organized crime. I mean, I'm talking about like the Kinahan drug cartel or something like that. You know, they put money into art or into like um, collections of valuable whiskey or, or you know, just sort of uh, expensive collectibles. Um, and this has been a way for a long time to people for people to move money. What we found early on with some of these online NFT platforms, the exchanges like OpenSea was that there was a lot of wash trading or fake trading where people are just sort of trading back and forth with themselves. And this happens in crypto. It's a huge part of crypto markets. And it's a way to, to inflate volume, to move money, um, and to simulate sort of activity. And so I think certainly there was, um, you know, a, a criminal element or, or people who started to come around to the ways in which, um, NFTs could help people move money around, um, outside the law. And then there are a lot of artists who, who, for very legitimate reasons, saw it as a as a way to actually make some money. Um, people, especially people who aren't 
you know, represented by big galleries or more working artists, small time artists said, Hey, well, why can't I sell an NFT for $5 or $500? It doesn't, they don't have to necessarily be in a big gallery. So there was this promise that it would somehow democratize art ownership and art selling and the ability of artists to make a living. Um, it, it of course didn't turn out that way, but mm. you know, this is a, a, a kind of trend or, uh, or idea this towards democratization of markets and more access that we've seen with other digital technologies and other kinds of digital marketplaces. So I think quite understandably, a lot of artists thought that this might work for them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I definitely buy that. I think a lot of it is also to do with the, um, with the kind of paradoxical kind of deep Philistinism that is alive in the, in the commercial art world um, with, with so much, so much of it is, is divorced from, um, from aesthetic and aesthetic kind of meaning and aesthetic considerations and it's about indicating that you have the money to be involved in this in this kind of era of commerce you have the money and you have the taste uh, and so any kind of any kind of sort of real kind of aesthetic or kind of cultural value to the to the work is is inevitably going to be secondary. So something like an NFT sort of encapsulates all of that, but in a kind of very souped up way. And I also think that um, that some of it was uh, the commercial art world thinking, have we finally managed to find a way of making money out of art without? artists can we get rid of the artists altogether because they've been trying to get rid of the artists yeah, altogether a for a while i think and this bit, <laughs> uh, this probably looked like a kind of fantastic opportunity to just like cut out that like uh that, you know that kind of difficult uh difficult kind of uh, mediator between the commercial art world and the commercial mm. art world's money mm. 